listening to the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast, hosted by J.J. Duke, an all-access pass to Fairfield University Lacrosse. And welcome to this special episode of the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast. J.J. Duke here with you. I don't know if it was prophetic or anything of that sort, but we did say after the last episode that we were hoping to be sitting down and having another episode with you. That was previously before the MAC Women's Lacrosse Championship. I can tell you this also in the budget. There was not a 16th episode that was listed on. It was for extreme, maybe a little bit of the good circumstances. And, well, we have good circumstances for you because we are sitting down with the victorious head coach of the 2019 MAC Women's Lacrosse Champions. That's Laura Field. Guys beat Sienna in probably one of the most heart-wrenching game of women's lacrosse that we've seen in quite a long time. One goal games is nothing new for this group, but you came through 10-9 decision over Siena, cut backing off of a impressive semifinal performance against Maris where you won 18-14. But uh, that Saturday afternoon, that was one for the ages. Yeah, it was a great game. You know, I think we we knew all along that uh, that it was going to be a tight game. You know, Siena's a great team. Um, they played really well. We are. It was a tough matchup for us across the board. Um, when it got down to the overtime period, you just hope that you execute. Um, both teams had a lot of opportunities, and, and we just came really at the ball at the end of the game. Kind of revert back a little bit to before that. I asked you this question at the beginning of the season, and I'm going to ask it again similarly, but for a different perspective. How often do you revert back to last year's championship game? But in this being, because you had a championship game this past Saturday, did you ever think, okay, let's revisit that. What did we learn? What can we use for this year's go-about? Or was it just kind of the same old take a one game at a time? I don't think we take a whole lot from, from years previous. You know, if you take anything, it's, it's pure experience. Sure. Um, in that our, you know, three of the classes have been in that um, situation before. And, and that experience absolutely does help. It, it provides a sense of calm. In terms of the X's and O's and the execution and even necessarily how we um, schedule our daily itinerary on those days, everything is always different. Um, you know, you're oftentimes in a different location, you're playing different teams. So um, for us, the experience is the big thing, but n- not necessarily anything above that. What was the experience from last year? Obviously, win, yes, vet, you know, getting kids opportunities to play, but you know, it's a different beast playing postseason lacrosse as opposed to the regular season. So what maybe perhaps from that game helped for this group this year? I think you always hope that the jitters um, that you inevitably will show um, are a little bit less if you've been in that that role before. Um, I think for us, we have a lot of nervous energy in general, so I don't know that that necessarily holds true, but, um, you, you know, just the way that the day is orchestrated, um, sort of the pomp and circumstance of, of marching out uh, for a MAC championship game, having done it before, you're not just thrown off rhythm, and, and that matters to us. Well, it was a great game, and we're going to break that down in just a moment. But before that, we are going to let you know that the opening round game that Fairfield will be playing will be against Wagner. That's going to be at 3 p.m. right here at Conway Field at Rafferty Stadium. That game is going to be destined to air on uh, part of the ESPN family of networks. Uh, Stay tuned at FairfieldStags.com for more information. Also to get your tickets as well for that one, because that is going to be a cracking game between two teams won their conference tournament, and obviously have a lot riding on the line. But now we go back to that Siena game. This came off of a Maris game that the scoreline will reflect 18-14. It was certainly a lot closer at times, even when the Stags had multiple seven-goal leads in the second half. You knew that one run was going to change the game, and it did. Haley Wagner certainly stepped up. Samantha Mahalik got herself a number of goals in that game as well, albeit a lot from the free position. But 
those are the games that you maybe even more so worry about because it's a semifinal. You lose, you don't even have a chance to defend, but the group was able to pull through, and there are a number of great individual performances. Yeah, you know, again, we know that Marist has the ability to play a whole game, and um, no lead is safe. We've seen it time and time again. You saw it in the game after us. You saw it in the, the Monmouth-Siena game. So it's the nature of the league right now. Um, everybody has uh, great players that step up in the clutch moments. For us, you know, we got into a situation where we were losing some draw controls. We didn't actually have the ball on offense a whole lot during their, their comeback run. But, you know, that being said, as much as they had great offensive performances, when we got the ball into our attackers' hands, they really came through. Um, you know, you had you know, uh, Brooke Gallagher had seven, seven goals, and I believe at least an assist. Um, Kathleen Halsman had five, I believe. So at the end of the day, you know, those, those upperclassmen carried us. And, um, you know, across the board – um, yeah, it was an 18-14 win, but it was a lot tighter. But, you know, in that clutch moment, they came through. You talk about the other semifinals. Well, this weekend was just a great weekend for lacrosse. Really a good representation of the MAC this season because you said it, you never know what's going to happen. But you have new teams now starting to not only believe that they could be there. Obviously, Manhattan gets to the term in the quarterfinals for the first time in a decade. You have Siena picking up multiple wins for the first time in program history. Monmouth is going to be a team that will be there for a long time. Maris the same as well. It seems like this conference is set up now for the long run. You mentioned that the growing has been underway for a while, but now it seems like, all right, the MAC is now here to stay. And you know what? That All of those successes are good for the league. You know, I think we could be selfish and internal and worry about us, or we can actually look at the expansion of the league and the success and the parity and, and view that as a really good thing for our league. Um, as teams around us get stronger, as we get stronger, it is good for everybody. Now we look at that Siena game, and hats off to Coach Rafus. She has done a phenomenal job with that group. 20 players, which is really one of the smallest rosters that you're going to see across the board. But they believe in themselves, they fight for themselves, and they're going to be returning a lot of good players next year. And they showed early on, first four shots that they take, three of them from a sophomore, Nicole McNeely, they find their way into the back of the cage. At that point right there, I did see Aaron Mamley go over and have what was, I mean, it only looked like a 15-second heart-to-heart with Olivia Conquest, but it seemed like it went on for a while. Whatever that she said, it certainly clicked because after that, Olivia Conquest started to show the skills that we saw in the early portion of the season. Yeah, she had an outstanding second half. I mean, I said this after the game. Um, it is very difficult as a goalie to change the tide within a game. Um, that's the mark of, of maturity. It's the mark of a really good goalkeeper, and she was able to do that um, to kind of put what happened you know, previous uh, behind her and to move forward and to sort of reset herself. Um, that's a skill set. And, you know, it, she was exceptional in the second half. She was exceptional in the end of regulation into overtime. So, um, you know, we've come to enjoy that, but it was really good to see her be able to change the tide. And also you got one heck of a leader back there in Manly yeah, because yeah. She, she does that almost every game, just the little things that don't get picked up on a camera, that don't get, you know, seen by many people. But you, I, I would say almost do whatever it takes to make sure that she's around this program for even beyond this season. Mm-hmm. But hopefully something from her rubs off on everybody else that returns. Yeah, the, her legacy, you know, and as well as the, the legacy of all the seniors is is a lot of the way to do things. You know, it's the, they do it the right way. Um, they take care of each other. When we talk about family, it's real and it comes from upper class down it's great look throughout the course of the game it seemed that the offense once a couple of goals came Davida scored on the up Brooke Gallagher got her only goal of the game at the midway portion of the first half to kind of stable things a little bit 
you guys have played a number of these close games all year long, so there certainly wasn't anything changing from the ordinary, but did it feel maybe perhaps a little bit different as the game gone on, knowing that one mistake could really just define the season? I don't think we look at it like that. I think you kind of look at it like chipping away. You know, we, we talk about that a lot. You kind of go inch by inch, and um, you, you take it in small pieces of the game. Um, you know, we've seen games every year, uh, sorry, every every game this week, um, that different people have stepped up. Um, it You know, for, for our entire season, you've had a different star, whether it's offense, defense, goalkeeper, different attackers, whatever it might be. Um, and that's what that's what our expectation has become. You know, you fill the role. Um, you know, Brooke and, and Taylor were, were played really, really well. Um, I wouldn't say they were shut down, but they were definitely stymied. And we had other kids step up and, and fill their role. Um, that's what we practice for. That's what we play for. So it was good to see it. Yeah, I mean, so you've always harped on the next player up mantra. And we saw some players that didn't have many opportunities in the regular season or in the semifinals running the offense, one of them being Nicolette LaVista, who comes in the second half, and you know she was playing as the reserve draw for the majority of the season. And all of a sudden, she shows no signs of you know freshman kind of the timidness. She looks like she's running, has been running the offense for the last three seasons. Where did this all come from? Because she played brilliant. Yeah, no, it's there all the time. I think, um, you know, we often say this. If people could watch us play at practice, they'd see a lot more talent than we actually are able to play in a game. Sure. Um, but that's why, you, that's, that's why everybody's there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you are there to fill that role. And, you know, you also had you know, cameos from Cam Dara, Kelly Gordon running the offense. But one of the players that I think great shout to get the tournament, you know, most valuable player because she is someone that, not to say flies under the radar, but you do have your featured players on the offense, but she is someone game in, game out that finds a way to get the job done. And it's Meg Graham who had two goals, two assists. She finishes off, well, this portion of the season now with 44 points. I said it on the broadcast, might be the quietest 44 points that you'll see, but she's as consistent as they get. She is steady. Um, you know, and, and that steadiness is, is super important to us. Um, you know, we we know that about her. We expect that from her. Um, it's not a surprise, I would say, to anybody that's been watching the entire year, um, to anybody that pays attention at practice, to all of us. Um, you know, Meg comes through, and um, she is as consistent and as steady as they come. What does a game like that do for her confidence, knowing that I should actually say the full weekend because she had a seven-point game against Maris with five of those being assists. What does a weekend like this do for her? Uh, you know, you, you hope that she always has that confidence because, sure. you know, we've always believed in her. But absolutely, it's a boost. Um, you know, it's something to get validation for all the hard work that you've been putting in. Now we look to the overtime, which is certainly a roller coaster of emotions. I myself am up there in the booth on my own because my partner Allison Gaskins on the field waiting for the interviews. That probably took about 25 minutes longer than it actually goes. But what what did your group talk about during that huddle when you had that five minute break in between the end of the regulation and the start of the overtime? what was being discussed because Sienna just had a chance a moment ago to win that game with Carrie Garrity, another great save by Olivia who fought that shot off right kind of down low in the midsection. But what were you talking about during that huddle? You know, I think we were just drawing some stuff up offensively. Um, we talked defensively about just maintaining kind of our game plan, what we were doing. Um, you know, and there was a lot of sense of just give us the ball. 
Um, we get the ball, we get an opportunity. We, we've been in these tough situations. This is not something new for us. So the silver lining of all those one-goal games is that we know we can pull it out. So, um, yeah, it was a little nerve-wracking. I think the back and forth, the um, inability to score when we did have the ball for the first couple of times gets you a little bit nervous. But we had confidence in our defense and their ability to uh, to get a stop and get us the ball back. The ride at the very end um, that was able to pick up the ball um, and, and Kelly Horning's final goal, I mean, that's very indicative of us and how we've played the entire year. You don't give up. You turn the ball over, don't worry about it. Go get it back. Um, and, and that was a great way to win that type of game. As you saw that play unfold, where unfortunately for Carrot Garrity, she slips right on the halfway line, though in a corner to the near side of the stands. How did you see that play develop? Oh, I mean, it, it, that is that is our ride right there. You right. know, I think we were working on trapping. It was unfortunate uh, that she slipped. Um, it was a good no call when you watch it again. Um, the ref was right there. Um, and then Kelly's ability, Kelly Horning's ability to pick it up, be calm, um, get the ball down, know how much time was on the clock. Um, it was a, it was a, a low angle shot that she took, but she, she thought about it. She saw the opportunity. She saw our defender jump. And, um, you know, again, it's, that is what you train for. We train in chaos at practice. And, um, you know, I think she was probably as tired as you could possibly be, but that's chaos. And she had the composure to finish. Do you remember what happened afterwards after that? Just waiting for the stick check. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> nice uh, little water bath. <laughs> hey, you know, for that group right there, and I've said it before and I'll say it here, that group worked tirelessly all season long. They worked tirelessly in that game. And it unfortunate that there had to be a loser in that game mm-hmm. because it was such a good game for nearly 66 minutes of lacrosse. But Fairfield did come out on top. And, you know, when you now look back at that game and you think, okay, there's all these coachable moments all season long, but so much that went into that, you know, that game this entire season, what did that moment say about the program? It it was very exciting to watch. I mean, I think as a coach, you do get to stand back and watch a lot of um, the work that you've put in all year just play out, you know, and, and we certainly do a lot of coaching during the game, but a lot of it's already been, the groundwork's been laid, um, and you're just hoping that the, the connections are made um, and, and that the execution is there to watch the excitement um, to fulfill what they set out as their goal as a team, um, not only just to win, to host, to go undefeated. You know, all those things are things that we talk about all the time and that are very difficult to achieve. Um, anyone who's in it knows how hard that is. So to to watch, um, in particular, our senior class rise and, and really help the underclassmen come with them um, to get their goal achieved was was magical. Of course, though, we have to look ahead because there is another game that has to happen. And um, Fairfield finds out on Sunday evening that they're in the opening round contest, one of four teams that are going to be playing in this, uh, where one will be Jacksonville taking on Mercer, and then the other is a battle of Mac versus NEC in Wagner. And Wagner, they're another team that's very similar to not only Fairfield's style of play, but they're similar to what a lot of the teams that you see. Now, I know in talking before, you haven't had much opportunity to at least scout what they've done over the last couple of games, but they did go through a tough game, two one, or I should say two one-goal games in their conference tournament, beat Robert Morris 14-13 and have a low-scoring game against Mount St. Mary's, a true road game in essence. They won that one 7-6. From what you have seen in the little that you've seen, what have, what comes out of this group? They're a very strong team. Um, they're well-coached. They have a lot of speed. Um, they're super athletic. 
Um, they have a lot of kids scoring double-digit goals and double-digit points. Um, you know what? They're going to be a formidable opponent. It is a home game, but um, I don't think there's a favorite one way or the other in this game, in this matchup. So, um, you know, we're all playing to get to the next game. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to host, but we, we know we have um, our work cut out for us. And, you know, we're dialed in. You get one day to prepare and turn around and play. Um, it's about as short a prep time as you can possibly get, but it's what we wanted. Um, we wanted this opportunity, so we welcome the challenge. How are the team's legs right now? Because this would be three games and I think six days when they play on Tuesday. That That's not easy for any athlete. No, but the good news is uh, Wagner's in the same boat. Sure. So, um, you know what, we can complain all we want or we can just kind of um, settle in and, and, and play smart and, and play you know, the ability to rest is, is the only thing we have right now. Um, and then by tomorrow, we got to get going. Now, I know that you are a bit of a lacrosse junkie, so you're not just paying attention to what's going on with the Fairfield team. But when you saw the bracket laid out across the board, uh, there's a number of pretty interesting matchups. If I'll pass it over to you if you want to <laughs> scroll through. But I know cheat sheet. Cheat sheet, if you will. Uh, one that. really good one, it's that <clears> – <throat> Stony Brook uh, opening up, I think, what they're taking yeah. on JMU yeah. with the winner to take on the number one seed yeah. in Maryland. That's two teams that made it to the national championship weekend last year. And Stony Brook, who hosted that tournament, were one win away from getting there. My goodness, who who bribed who to have that happen? You know, I think I if you are a fan of lacrosse, I actually think that this bracket gives you a lot of really good first-round games, um, you know, let alone getting to that second game, let alone whoever comes out of the Stony Brook JMU getting to Maryland. Um, USC Denver is another really good one. Uh, there's good games across the board. Uh, I, you know, the last, I would say, week and a half of the regular season showed us that nothing is safe. No. Um, you know, nobody came out unscathed. Nobody came out undefeated. And um, it's exciting. I think the upsets in the conference tournaments um, show a lot about what's possible. Um, you know, Georgetown beating Denver in the last game of the season, the regular season, is exceptional for them. Uh, it's, it's fun. It is fun to realize that if, if you show up and play, you got a chance. Uh, that's what we want. That's what the sport needs. We need the excitement of it. And, uh, you know, credit to, you know, BC, Maryland, you know, all the teams at the top that have kind of remained at the top for the entire season. They're not safe. No. Um, and they know that. And they're full of great players. But uh, the tournament's a new a new game. Um, experience will carry. Um, you know, the past history doesn't mean a whole lot other than just giving you a little bit of calm when you get to the tournament. But uh, I think you can expect a lot of really good games. Is there one perhaps maybe in particular when – because obviously everybody plays on Friday. Yeah, so. yeah. You're fo- you potentially could be focusing on another oh, game. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I care more about us. I think uh, okay. um, I go into tunnel vision a little bit where, you know, the only thing that matters to me right now is tomorrow. Not even a fan, you'd say, not, oh, wow, that's... Not yet. I'll be a fan a little bit later. From Fair now. enough. Did have to ask that one. <laughs> uh, there is one other interesting storyline with this uh, Fairfield-Wagner game coming up, and it's going to be the return of a, a very, very talented player in her own right, albeit on the coaching lines this time, and Alex Femmel, who's an assistant, one of you know probably the best offense or actually I should I'll take that back one of the best two-way players that Fairfield has ever had in their history it it's going to be a little bit of a not to say awkward situation but you know she has her job but she also knows that well, she also wore the Fairfield jersey for four years but it's going to be a fun day no doubt and you know hopefully if, if we're doing our job right um, we will face kids that graduated uh, on the other sideline um, if, if we're doing it right, we're going to produce really good coaches that take really good teams um, to the tournament. So um, it's actually really nice that we get to welcome home one of our own. 
um, it, it, it's, it, it says a lot about um, her ability as a coach. Uh, obviously, she was a great player, but it's nice to see her kind of put that work into as a coach. And, you know, we're, we're happy for her to be there, but um, we're friends today. Tomorrow we'll be opponents. And then Wednesday maybe you might be friends again. Yeah, we'll welcome her back. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> coach, congratulations. I know that group deserves it down there, and hopefully this is not going to be, maybe perhaps not even going to be the last episode of this podcast, but uh, you know, it, it's going to be fun. It's been a pleasure to watch them across this entire season, well, last couple of years for that matter, but this season it's been a, been a journey, and hopefully it keeps going. Thanks so much, JJ. So that's going to do it for this special episode of the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast. Again, the Fairfield-Wagner opening round game of the 2019 NCAA Women's Lacrosse Tournament is scheduled for 3 p.m. right here, Conway Field at Rafferty Stadium. We do hope that you can get out there because these are the games that both teams deserve the support, and hopefully we get a good crowd for that one. If you cannot make it again, stay tuned to fairfieldstags.com for the broadcast information. So for everyone here, JJ Duke signing off. Until next time, go Stags. The Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For all information related to Fairfield Lacrosse, log on to fairfieldstags.com. <laughs>